Good morning and welcome to Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. We did not have a Vision Sunday in 2023. The reason for that was that we held it for the years previous, usually in September and October of 2022. But this coming September, I just really felt that I wanted to push it back to February. Uh, and the reason being is we were in the works of our, our building and everything that was going on. And if you don't know, um, we have been in the process of purchasing a, a building here in Open Arms. Well, we've purchased it last March. What was really incredible is uh, setting a focus during COVID rather than, than renting a building. We were going to seek to purchase a building, which sounds amazing. It's like trying to get buy a house without any money and no way to get a mortgage <laughs> but it's going yeah let's buy a house let's buy a building and, and by God's grace he faithfully provided through people and we we raised enough money now the next step was to to find the right building because it can be easy to buy our building it can be hard to buy the right building with the right parking in the right location and the right place that people feel comfortable coming to and we're able to do it up and so we found the building we bought the building and last year the week of our five-year anniversary we signed the dotted line got a contract and which was amazing and uh, from that point you know you're working with your solicitors you're working with everything we have from that point to this point it has been all of the details. It has been, you know, if you've ever you know, owned a house and tried to change something in the backyard or in the extension or you've ever been a part of any way in working with the council, you got to get 52 consultants, right? you got to get a planning consultant, a traffic consultant, a disability consultant, a fire consultant, a consultant to, for the consultants, right? you got to get, you got to get consultant after consultant after consultant, and you work on all the details with the architects, and then they do the drawings, and the other ones do the drawings, and the engineer, and then the surveyor, and so all that stuff, because we were then going to submit it for, which we did at the end of November, for planning permission and change of use, not just for a community building, but we said, let's go for it. Let's go have a public space of work worship and so with that I'm not gonna lie I've been living with that on my chest for the last couple of months because I'm like this could go any which way they could say no we lose the building they could say yes but you got to do this this and this anyway long story short last Monday we got the planning permission granted <laughs> and the change of use granted and I, I tell you what this has been a massive uh, relief weight off it's the beginning of the real work now, but um, like with any planning permission, 99.9% .9 of them that come through the DLRCC, which is the name of the county council, they come with conditions, they come with, you have to apply for further notice, and we've done that, we sent all that in, it was something minor, but they got to pick out something, and so it's a further four weeks before we actually like get the, the confirmation of it, and then we're able to start the process of the building work. So I just love for you to pray for us in this process, pray for us in finding the right contractor. We're, we're dealing with a couple of people. Everything is in the works for the construction drawings, and our goal is to start between March and April to actually starting the work, breaking ground, and uh, my prayer is that we're able to have our Christmas carol services this year. In, in there, opening the first. So we'd love for you just to pray for favor, pray for wisdom and provision, uh, and that God will make a way in that. But isn't that really exciting? On this Vision Sunday, it's so exciting. And so um, with that also, as Alan has mentioned, we are, we are launching 25 life groups at Open Arms. 25 life groups between both locations, and it's been really exciting. And this is a great start to the year because 
the, the word for our year is the word now. Now. And this is a now year based on John 14, 14, where Jesus says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. I preached that a few weeks ago and gave you the context when it's in line with his character and his uh, will for your life and in line with bringing glory to him. He will do it. He will bring it into your life. And I believe that now is the time to ask, to seek now is the time to step out, to dream and believe. And we all go through different seasons. And that, for you, may look different than it does from the person sitting next to you. But this is having that faith and expectation that God is doing something now. You know, our vision as a church is to build a life-giving church that reaches the nation of Ireland. We're, we're, we're bigger and see more and reach more than just ourselves. Also with that is our mission, our purpose is to see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. That's our heart. That's our desire. To see people experience life change in their life. And a part of that is that we are one church in two locations. We've got our church here in Dublin, the Clayton Hotel right now. Before we go to our own building, we're in the basement, but we're going higher and higher. Anyway, then uh, we have our church in Newbridge County, Kildare. And so uh, we started a series a number of weeks ago called Family Values. Family values. We were looking at the three core values that make up our culture and the DNA of our family. Church can be described in the Bible as family, as a body, as an army, as a temple, and as a house. There are five characteristics of a church. So it plays the role of a family, but it's not just a family. And so part of that in each and every family, you come into my house, you stay with me for a week, you're going to see certain culture and values that we live by. And here's the thing, I go to Alan's house, which I have many times, and I walk into his home, and we talk, he's got a different culture. He's got different values. One is not bad, and one is not good. We can learn one from the other, but it's about dis dis discerning the values that directed the, the direction and the decisions that you make. And so we've been disseminating the information within our team and our leadership for the last year and talking about our values and saying, who are we? What are we like? And so we've boiled it down to three core values that we've been looking at the last three weeks. Last week, we looked at the we are raising and releasing. Pastor Brian Stumerville preached on that here. We are raising and releasing, that we seek to raise people up and to release them into their God-given potential. That means that I'm about lifting you up. You're about lifting me up. We do this together. We speak into one another's lives. We ask what's your dreams and your plans for your life. And then we help one another to see them come to pass in our lives. And about that is that we are willing to release, not hold on and control. Many churches do that. They want to manipulate and control people. No, we're about releasing. We're about releasing you into your calling. Not only that, we're about placing the relationship over the role. It's about people over task. But when we're people over task together, we're going to see the task fulfilled. Here's the second thing, and what I preached on a couple of weeks ago, that we have thick skin and a soft heart. We got thick skin and a soft heart. You want to change the world? Be a person with thick skin and a soft heart. That means that we are willing to be offended. We're willing to be offended. We're not going to get overly sensitive. It's not going to get in my skin, but instead I'm going to bring it to the Lord out of love and compassion and surrender and forgiveness. I'm going to ask God to help me forgive, to strengthen my skin. It's not about having a hard skin and a hard heart. It's about having tough skin that I don't allow to, it may affect me in this moment, but instead I'm going to surrender to God. Not only that, but we're willing to offend others for the sake of the gospel. 
Once we hold the truth, believe the truth, stand on the truth, that means that we are an inclusive church. We are open arms, but we are absolutely exclusive when it comes to the truth of God's word. What does that mean? That means that we embody inclusivity. We, we, we be able to exemplify it in our lives and say we love everyone and God, Jesus loves everyone. But when it comes to the truth, the truth, not in just one particular area, but it may be in every area, we stand on the truth of God's word. And here's the third and final core value that I'm excited to preach to you today about is this. We are thermostats, not thermometers. Think about that visually for a second. We are thermostats. That means that we set the temperature. We're not thermometers, meaning that we just check the temperature. We, we set the atmosphere. As we did just a minute ago. We set the atmosphere of faith and expectation. We set an atmosphere of optimism that, that we God will do it. Oh, the economy's falling apart. The country's falling apart. The government's taking over. Davos is going to come and control the whole world. And all of a sudden, the deep state are going to run their... Ah, hey, guess what? It's okay. Calm down. The world's going to end at some stage. It's going to be okay. Let's enjoy life. Let's follow Jesus. Hey, calm down. We... We set that atmosphere. Maybe in your own workplace, there's, there's different tensions and conflicts going on and there's confusion and there's like wondering where, where we're going to be and what things are. Maybe what God has called you to be in your workplace is a calm spirit, a peaceful spirit, a confident soul, a secure man, a secure woman to say, guys, listen, let's do it together. We'll try our best. And if it doesn't work out, at least we tried our best. It's about setting the atmosphere in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces. It's about you in your home. When you walk into your home, what atmosphere are you carrying? Are you bringing work with you? Are you bringing your problems and your burdens and your stress and your anxiety and your depression? Because I've done that many, many times. And guess what? I set a very poor atmosphere of irritability. And our kid, my kids, are, they don't sense and know why is daddy not happy? Is he not happy at me? But instead, guess what? I'm not happy with myself. Whose responsibility is that? Them or me? Me. I got to shift the atmosphere within me. I got to, before I walk through that door, I got to surrender it to God and go, Let's go. I got, a, I got a role to fulfill. In each and every one of our lives, and that means that we're aware of the temperature, but we do not lower our expectations and our faith because of the temperature or cultural opinion or whether others don't agree with us or don't believe what we believe or don't follow Jesus. That's okay. We set the temperature. And so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. This is an exciting scripture for me. It's the very first scripture I preached on, our very first Sunday, March 11, 2018. And it's, it's one that my heart today for Vision Sunday is not necessarily for all of us to get behind the vision of the church, because I do believe that we are doing that, and I believe that you have done that. But rather, my, my heart, what I believe that God's put on my heart for you, is that you would receive the vision that he has for your life. That you will have a, a pathway and the tools that God has given us in Scripture, biblically-based principles, to actually set the vision before us and see it come to pass. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 21, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the writer Paul, same Paul as many know him, he begins this words, he says, For this reason I deal before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derive 
its name. He is the Lord over our family, both our physical family and our spiritual family. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, his church, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him. This is really important for setting the foundation of seeing God do within us the vision that he's given us. Now to him who is able. It's down to his ability to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that's a work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Passion Translation says verse 20 like this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation and every person and every family through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Amen. We are thermostats, not thermometers. That means that we are visionaries. We are visionaries. We set the vision before us and have faith and believe that we will see it come to pass. Not through our ability alone, but through His ability. Because He is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. This means that rather than just accepting the status quo, rather than just be people who go along with what life throws at us. So rather than just being people who are distracted to the point that we are settled for living unfulfilled lives and we, we become so busy in life pursuing things that not really actually bring us peace and happiness and love and contentment, but rather instead we pursue that which God has put on our lives for the purpose for our lives. This means that we rather we spend the time with Jesus and God. What is it that you put in my heart, the desires of my heart? Then we put that before us and we live our lives towards it. Towards the purpose that God has given us. And I, I believe that God has given each and every one of us a vision for our lives. He's given you a vision and a calling according to your personalities and your gifts. It, it may not be like the the one sitting next to you, it may not be like the one who looks like they're living a life great on Instagram. It may be for you just according to your own set details and longings and past and future and everything that comes. But God has given you a vision and my heart today is that you will have expectation and faith to set it before you to see it come to pass. What's so powerful about the church is Paul says here that Every family under heaven with him as the Lord of our life. What's so powerful about the church is that when we come together, what, what happens is when we're pursuing God's vision for our life, we have the opportunity to make an incredible impact. Now, rather than just one or two on their own making an impact, when we come together as the church and we unite together, we say together we can see God do so much more 
Because where two or three are gathered, there his name is also. When one might set a thousand to flight, two sets ten thousand to flight. And in verse 20, Paul says it's, it's up to him. Him. It's him to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. You see the, the co-laboring here? We are called to ask, imagine, and called to believe that he will do it. The Lord places within each and every one of us the desires of our heart. That's what I truly believe. The desires that God has given you have been given to you by God your Father. The purpose that he's given you is what you can actually, the picture of the preferred future that you have. Would you do with me a favor? Would you just close your eyes and where you are? As I want to ask you the question, can you imagine? Paul says that God's mighty power is at work within you right now in this moment where he will do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What is the picture looked like of your preferred future? What does it look like? If you were to imagine it, if you were to see it, if you were to dream it, something that if it was to come to pass, it would change your life and the lives around you. It, it may be something where your identity is completely set free. You, you let go of the inferiority and the insecurity and the what if and what if people think this and think that and you completely are free of that and you live your life in such a way where you're truly you and who God has called you to be. It may be letting go of the questioning narrative that's in your mind, the voice that rises up within. Instead, you listen to the voice of God. It may be experiencing new or receiving something new like a, a child or a spouse or a home or a career. Or a promise. What is it that God is calling you right now today to imagine, to picture it, to dream of it? It may be something so personal within you that it's, it's like, it's almost scary to even say, and I want to tell you today, God says imagine. Imagine that changed life, that miracle performed, that disease healed, the dream come to pass, that provision that you cry out for. Now open your eyes with me. I want you to take that picture. I want you to take that vision that is set before you. And I want you to hear these words. Paul says, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of Jesus Christ, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ever ask for or imagine. He's able to do it. What you set in your heart before God, he can do it. He can do it. He can fulfill it. He can bring that promise to come to pass and see what, what's happened today is spirituality has hijacked this biblical principle. Today, the, the number one uh, theme, topic, if you were to search in, in podcasts or bookshelves or anywhere else, that the number one thing, the spirituality is hijacked in, in this certain way is it, it claims that you can manifest what you want to happen. Has anyone ever heard that word? That you can manifest you can manifest it. If you can picture it, if you can visualize it, if you work your butt off with all your might, then you will see it come to pass. To manifest is all about your power. To imagine and set before you and pray and seek the Lord over and ask God for and get on your knees and cry out for it, that's all about His power. One is all about you. The other is all about God. 
We've seen that spirituality is hijacked today, but also the flip side of that is that our, our world and our culture and society has diminished our faith, particularly as Christians, to such a point where it's just a small, minuscule, that they convince us that what we believe that God is able to do, it's not true. It's got us to come to a certain point that we're, we're Christians who are almost neutered in our faith because rather than having boldness and confidence in what we can see come to pass, instead what we do is we go along with the world and believe what the world has to believe. But instead God has called us to be visionaries who set the vision before us and walk by might and by strength and believing that Jesus will see it come to pass in and through my life. So I, I want to share with you three truths practically because you know me, I, I always love to, okay, we can inspire and we can set that before us, but we need the practicalities of how do we actually see this vision come to pass? What do me and you need to do on Monday morning to start off to see this vision come to pass? And I want to share with you three truths that we need to be aware of as we become visionaries. As we set the temperature to live by faith that his mighty power will bring to pass what God has put in me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go for first one is this. It's going to take daily work. It's going to take daily work. It's going to be little by little, step by step. Because here, here's the truth of the matter. This is really important. The first thing that God gets us to do is to imagine, is to set it before us, is to picture it. You, you may do this in the way that, you know, many people do vision boards and they'll print out what they want to see to happen and put it on it. And that's cool. But, but oftentimes here I'm talking about something that's much more deeper than just something that can be cut out of a magazine more it's about change a life changing your life that's so deep that it's transformational and what happens is we set that before us and then what we need is consistency we need discipline we need hard work we need to get up out of our bed every single day even when we don't feel like it and put in the work and the hard work and the energy because here's the thing christians believe this Jesus, you are great. You are mighty. I pray and I believe that you will do it. You got this. It's going to be amazing and you can do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then we go home. We sit in our butt and we watch Netflix and say, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. I believe. I have faith. God, you got this. You can do it. That's not how it works. He sets the vision before us. He sets the, what we imagine before us. And then he's given us the power and the strength and the ability to do the daily work. What you put into it, you will get out of it. Here's what I've learned about Jesus. He provides to us the trees. And then he gives us the vision to see the chair. He provides for us the materials, and then he gives us the intuition. He, he gives us the resources. He gives us the ability to see our vision become reality. To cut down that tree, to shape it and sharpen it and use certain tools and our, you know, maybe we got to go study for it. Maybe we got to go learn from others. Maybe we need to get mentored. But he'll give us the tree, but we got to make the chair. He'll give you the vision, and he'll give you the resources. 
but it'll also give you the intuition and the discipline and the hard work to see it come to pass. We see, as Paul said time and time again in Colossians, when we studied Colossians, that he'll give you divine wisdom. He'll give you divine knowledge, but he'll also give you divine, put it to work. He'll also give you divine daily hard work. He'll also give you divine, guess what? Being a parent is hard work. Being a husband, wife is hard work. I tell young people all the time, marriage is hard work. It is not for the faint of heart. Everyone prays for a marriage, but how about praying actually for the daily, daily hard work consistency to be able to pull off the marriage? Not just to be a marriage, but to be a healthy marriage. Not just to be a parent, but to be the best parent. Not just to be a worker, but to be the most diligent. The other people around you in such a way will look towards you and say, I trust them. I trust them. First most important part is imagine. The second most important part is daily work. And here's a part of this. That we need courage. We need courage. Fear will grip you as you begin to walk on the journey of seeing come to pass what God has put before you. But at the same time, faith will cause you to see it. We need courage. I'm telling you right now that, that in this process that we set out before us, whether it was with the church, whether it's with my own family home provisions, whether it's with seeing this come to pass, fear has gripped me time and time again. It may come in the form of worry, anxiety. It may come in the form of, you know, just like just these thoughts that come into your mind. But what I need is courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is even in the presence of fear, I will believe. As Joshua could see before him the promised land before he was called to cross the Jordan River, what had he got to do? He had to step towards it. In fact, the words that God spoke to him in Joshua 1.9 is, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you. You can see it before you. You know what's going to happen. Now you got to take the steps towards it. You need to have courage. Here's the second thing that we need when we set the vision before us is it's going to take people alongside you. It's going to take people alongside you. People who will guide you, mentor you, counsel you. People who are further along than you, who you can actually learn from their mistakes that you won't have to repeat them. We need people alongside us. As Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, one can chase a thousand and two can set ten thousand to fight. The impact is exponential when we engage in partnership it's about partnership together on my own i may succeed but together we will succeed we will see god do it i, I may be on my own that i it may happen but with one another it is going to happen you know, all of us, we need a shoulder to lean on. We need, we need someone to be there to, to, to mourn the losses, but at the same time to celebrate the wins. That together in partnership, it's just more enjoyable that who you're walking with is important as where you are going. Who you're doing, doing it with. We see that we need one another, and this is what the most incredible thing about doing it together is this where my joy is not just in my journey my joy is in your journey it's this thing that you can only experience to really explain that my joy is not just found in my world it's actually found in your world when you win when you succeed when, when you also at the same time are failing and, and struggling and forgetting God's promises guess what my joy is in that I can help you to get through it. 
You see, this is the, the, the great thing is that when we are together, we break off the stingy, selfish, self-focus that we have in this world and the society celebrates. And what happens is we make life about others and not ourselves. Because we may get there. We may see it. The question, who's going to be around you to enjoy it with? Here's what I found is that we said it before. Let's jump up here, Matthew. This is uh, Matthew and Candy have just come back from the States last Sunday. They were there for how long? 11 months. 11 months. And uh, they've come back to visit us and to see us today. And it's really, really, really incredible. And uh, also they are with child. Is that amazing? You excited to be a father? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Good. <laughs> you should be. Um, here's what I've discovered in life. As, as we walk together, turn with me here, Matthew. We're almost the same height. As we walk arm in arm towards the vision that I may have and that Matthew may has, the joy is, is in our journey walking together. The joy is in when we say, Matthew, wait until you hear what's after happening in my life. And he says, Amen. And he says, wait until you happen. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a baby. Great, let me share with you all the things that you should do and not do. Or just say, they're going to be an amazing father. Here's the, th the thing that also is this. Is that when we're walking together and Matthew fails or falls? That was nice, said, nice drama there. <laughs> I'm getting to it. You got to let you fall sometimes. Here's the thing, that God has given us the resources that may not be for you. Maybe what he's blessed you with is not for you. Maybe it's to be shared through you. That he's blessed you in such a way that I can use my resources, my experience, my wisdom, my pain, my hardship to go back to Matthew and say, hey man, it's okay. Come on, I'll, I'll walk with you. Maybe it takes us slower to get there, but we're going to get there together. What, what is so important that your joy may be just found in you? What an awful way to live. This is not condemnation. I'm just explaining to you that there's a better way of living that will change your life. It's, it's doing it together. Come on, Matthew. Excited to have you home. Some of my most joyful moments were found in what others experienced, what others went through, what others saw. That's a genuine love. And we got to get over the competitive uh, self, uh, you know, saying, oh, well, he's greater than I am, or she's greater than I am. No. So laying that down and say, wow, God, I get so grateful that I get to be a part of that. Would you do that in my life also? Also, at the same time, and this may be obvious to, to point out, but life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is a battle. It's a battle. We need others to help us. We need warriors alongside us, praying for us, standing with us, believing with us, who's there to actually to lift us up, who's there to strengthen us. I, I, got, I got warriors all around me, like Al and Rahul and Blake and all others who are with me and for me. And I know when I'm hurt and I'm in pain, I need to turn to these brothers who I have. All you need is one or two. All you need is one warrior with you in battle. Say, I got your back, you got my back. Let's do this together. And let me ask you a question. Who is alongside you? Who is alongside you? And here's a second question, actually probably a more important question. Who are you alongside? 
Who are you alongside? God, I don't have really great friends. And God says, well, who are you being a great friend to? It takes people alongside you. Here's the third and final thing. It's going to take resilience and redirection. It's going to take resilience and redirection. You will get off track. You will be knocked back. You will experience along the journey. I'm telling you, if I was to sit down with you and share the last six, seven years in our life, we have been filled with pain and hurt and loss and disappointment. But I so, so grateful for those things happening in my life. Because I wouldn't be where I am without them. I wouldn't be who I am without them. They could have damaged me, but instead they built in me a foundation that's stronger than it was before. So now I say, God, all glory to you, that what you've done in me. As I turn to you, you you've helped me. You give me resilience. So you need redirection. Sometimes we'll be walking towards what God has for us and we make a wrong decision. We take a wrong path. And what the great thing about God is he's a God of grace and forgiveness. That he helps us to get back on track. To start again. To believe again. To, to go again. And what's happened for all of us is that we have a, a fear and a voice in our mind that tells us that you're, you're too far behind. You're too short. You're, you're too, just, you haven't got the talent. You haven't got the ability. You should settle for what you have. But there's a voice of faith that rises up saying, no, God will fulfill it. If you would just believe, if you would just hope, if you would just rather than settling, that you would actually step out of faith and believe, that you will see it come to pass. Pressing on. Pressing on through the mud and the mire to see it is possible. But here is the final thing I was saying. This is it will take sacrifice. To see God do your greatest desires and dream, it will cost you everything. There is a price to pay to see it come to pass. It will cost you sleep, friends, happiness, finances. It will cost you peace of mind. It will cost you everything. I, I've personally experienced this. For me, in, in this role as pastor, as leader of quite a large church of over, well over a thousand people between two locations, it, it's difficult. It's hard. I'm just human. I'm just a man with flesh and bones like you and sometimes it's hard sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's really difficult with dealing with all the complexities and the frustrations and people's wants and needs and the direction that God's given us and but here's the thing God's given me the grace to fulfill the role He's given me the grace. I can't explain it. I can't understand it. I didn't have it before I stepped into this role. It was only when I stepped out and began to follow that, oh, God gives you wisdom. God gives you grace. But what is most difficult for me is not me and paying the price, but actually it's, it's my family that pays the price. My four boys are experiencing what I never had to experience. In fact, 99.9% .9 of people don't get to experience. I, I was about 12 or 13 years old when my 
parents became pastors and even then for first five six years it was a small church so I never really understood what that looked like but my four boys they carry a burden a weight and a responsibility that I have the utmost honor and respect for them because I know they're paying the price they might not have the the language to you know describe that but they're paying a price but the one who pays the price more than anyone else even more than me is my wife Jillian she pays an incredible price because God has given her a pastor's heart. He's given her a shepherd's heart. I will, I will walk through and experience the most painful, hurtful experience, whether with, with people or with finances or with just like an unmet expectation. And I will go home and I will go to bed and I will sleep like a baby. Sociopath? Maybe. Or maybe it's just like I've been here before and I've been broken down before. I've, I've learned just to go to sleep. Jillian, she will carry it. She will have sleepless nights. It will lay heavy on her heart. Why? Because it matters to her. Because it matters to her. Well, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because it will cost those you love the most. There is a price to pay. When, when Jillian hears maybe, you know, comments or improvements or frustrations from people about us or the way things are, I'm like, Jill, look, guess what? We can't do everything all at once. This is the season we're in right now. It's going to be okay. I know we can't be Superman, can't be Superwoman. It'll be fine. But Jillian, she's like, no, we got to do it all now because if not, we're going to make people unhappy. Guess what? It's okay for people to be unhappy. Why am I sharing this with you? Because as you go after the vision that God has for you, it's going to take daily work. It's going to take people alongside you. It's going to take resilience and redirection. But here's two things also. Here's the first one. You can't please everyone all at the same time. You can't please everyone all at the same time. Some people will not be happy with you because you don't do it when they want it, where they want it, what they want. And you need to decide it's okay. It's okay if my parents aren't happy with me as I go after this. It's, it's okay. Sometimes people will even leave you when you've poured everything into, you, into them. But here's what you need to know. It's not a reflection on you. Sometimes you've got to let some people go so they can go further and you can go further. And here's the second thing as I bring this to a close. It will cost those you love the most. So protect them. Equip them, prepare them, fight for them, live in such a way. Jillian is willing to pay the price once I lead our home and our family in such a way of diligence and leadership. You hear what I'm saying? If I'm like putting everything and it's costing her when in church, but our family is suffering, I'm not leading right. But when actually I'm leading my family in wholeness and, and wholesomeness and, and going towards and we're, we're, we're you know, doing well and I'm leading the church and it's costing us, that's okay. Same for you, each and every one of you. As you go towards the picture that God has put in your life, it will cost those you love the most. So have the conversation today. Have the conversation with your loved ones. Say, I can't explain it, but God has given me a new faith. He's given me a picture. I, I just, I can't explain it, but he's given me a desire for us to live through, to go after. Honey, I, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. There's going to be a price to pay. The great thing about myself and Jillian, our relationship, I told her earlier on, I don't want a woman who sits in the sidelines. I want a woman who sits with me. 
alongside with me. And she says, good, because I am that woman. I'm a leader. I'm a fighter. You need to do the same with your partnerships, with your, with your spouses, with, with those in your life saying, hey, guys, it's going to cost us. Will you do this with me? We have an incredible team here at Open Arms. I want to show you a picture. This is our team, all of our staff team and their spouses, all at Open Arms who said in both locations, it says, we're willing to pay the price. We're willing to pay the price. Amazing people who work full-time, some part-time in our church who say, we're willing to pay the price. We're willing to go for it. It is not the road that is for everybody. Some are called, few are chosen. And why I'm saying this is to encourage you in your own walk. God's chosen you. The walk's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. People today, and particularly like this generation, they think when the job is hard, it's not for them. Work is hard. That's why it's called work. It's hard. Maybe the fact that it's hard maybe means that you need to grow and learn so that you can get it easy and then you can upgrade to something new. Same is true for your life. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean it isn't from God. You need people around you. I love these people. I'm grateful for these people. I call on these people. I say, I need you. Let's do it together. Finally, the last thing, I've said that four times now if anyone's counting. The last thing that I will say as we finish is Vision Sunday. I'm going to ask you, church, to pay the price. To be willing to sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to commit to this calling, the vision that God has given us. Guess what? We can't stay here. Can't stay here. Can't stay in this basement. Maybe a beautiful basement, but it's a basement nonetheless. God's given us a vision to be a light on the table, to be a, on the hill where others can see and come to and experience, where others will see life change, that others in the community will know that's the place I go to for help. That's the place I go to for encouragement. That you, as you're able to speak in your own communities and say, I I'll go to open arms. No, you should say, I am open arms. That others know what that represents, what that stands for. I'm asking you to sacrifice and invest so that others will be able to enjoy what you have. Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that what Jesus calls us to do? To lay down our lives for the sake of someone else? Not to lay down our lives to get a better life, but for someone else. For our vision offering next Sunday, if you consider yourself a part of Open Arms, I'm asking you to be here. I'm going to lay out the plans, the details, the finances. I'm going to show you, as we just got a few weeks ago, our, our, our audit to being a gold standard, one of the best financially stewarded churches in the country. I'm going to show you how every single cent and how everything is managed and everything in person. And then I'm going to show you, this is what God's given us. This is the picture. This is what we're going to see. Thousands of people. Thousands of people. And I want you to be a part of it. Maybe you're like, I can't be a part of it right now. That's okay. But I'm asking you to be a part of it. What our team are going to do is they're actually going to come and they're going to hand you out uh, a card each. And I just want to explain to you as we, uh, come on guys. 
um, want to explain to you as we just look through this because I, I want to prepare you for next week and ask you to pray about next week rather than just out of shock and surprise asking you to do what you haven't been prepared for. But just as I give a moment to do that, the vision that God's given me to explain it I've been asking God for the last few years, actually, not months, years, how do I communicate to our church to invest? And God gave me the picture of a chair. A chair represents a changed life. Each and every one of you are sitting on a chair today. We can fit 150 chairs in this room. We reach 300 people who call themselves a part of our community, maybe 350, somewhere in that region who call themselves a part of Open Arms here. And we're going to build a 350-seater auditorium, believing that over three services, we will see 1,000 lives changed. And each chair represents a story. Each chair represents a picture that others have that of their past that was broken to see it healed. And what I'm asking you today, as you will see on the card, is we've set the goal of raising 350,000 euros. Now you all know if you've been a part of Open Arms that we've raised in total, it's close to 3 million euros. And there's another million euros to come in over the next couple of years. It will be 4 million in total but we want to we need to raise enough finances in the coming weeks and months to be able to finish the refurbishment and I have in this journey not asked for one cent from our people who give generously monthly tithing week after week but I'm asking each of one every one of us 350 chairs 350 people to give 1,000 euro each and what I'd love for you to do is just to take this. I'm not going to ask you to write it out whatsoever. I want you to take it and I want you to pray. I want you to pray, God, what are you calling me to give? We've given a number of options to give because we know that most people don't have a thousand euros lying around. So it might be committing to invest in one chair, two chairs, three chairs, four chairs, whatever God's put on your heart. And there's a number of options. Firstly, is I will give, maybe you're like, I just believe that God's called me to give this now immediately. I wrote down 100 euros or 500 euros. The next option is I will give, it may be 100 euro per month for 10 months. Imagine 350 people say, I'll give 100 euro a month for 10 months. 25 euro a week. Maybe you're like, well, I, I haven't been given, so I will give 100 euros per month permanently. I'm committed to this church. I want to start giving. I haven't been given. So I want to start giving. Or maybe you've been a faithful tither. You've been someone who faithfully gives. And you may say, I will increase my giving by 100 euros a month or 200 euros a month. And what we want to do is we want to give you options. And here's the final thing that I just felt to put this in as you put your name, your phone, in, phone and email. Is that I would like to discuss the details further or ask questions or designate my investment to speak in a pastor's shampoo. That's me. 
Because I, I want to say maybe you're like, I'm not too sure. I want to ask some questions or I want to give this towards this. I'd love to speak to you. So what I, what I would do is just ask you to next week to bring it in. If you want me to call you, just tick that box and I'll call you. We're going to have a conversation. We can have a discussion. I want to help you take a small step towards making a big difference. I want to ask you to say, as you walk into this beautiful auditorium, it's going to be state of the art. People are going to travel around Ireland. One day, maybe even travel around Europe to come and see it. And you know, I gave to that. I invested in that. I sacrificed to be a part of that. When you see a pack to the rafters with a thousand people, you know, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that. Hey, why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment? What is your vision? What is your picture? What is God asking you to imagine? As you leave here today and you go back into life that's difficult, life that's hard, that God will give you the diligence and determination for daily work that he will send partnership and people around you to help you come alongside you and you will come alongside and I give you the resilience redirection to start again as it costs you and costs those you love but you know that what is coming is greater than the cost that is here Lord I pray for every man for every woman right now that you give us faith that you give us hope as we follow you in Jesus name Amen. Come on, let's just stand to our feet this morning as we finish. We've got tea and coffee at the back. We've got some sandwiches. We've got some treats. Uh, we just love you to stay around and have. And well, Let me pray over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.